Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb Where's the lamb Offended. Yeah. I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV that we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 23. And joining me for this episode is another very special guest. I have Dara Lane of one of my new favorite podcasts, Lady You Remember This. Hi. Hi, Dara. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Um, so please tell the world uh, a little bit about your podcast. Okay. Um, so it's called Lay Do You Remember This, as you said, which is the biggest mouthful of a podcast name ever. <laughs> uh, but uh, the beginning of it, Lay Do, D-E-U-X, is the, of course, famous club that um, all of our favorite early 2000s starlets used to go to, including the kids from the hills. Um, So it's just a little play on words, but very hard for people to understand, hear, pronounce, find. (laughs) I I think it's worth it for the pun. Thank you. That is what I thought as I was deciding on the name. I was like, this is going to be tough, but I'm going for it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like a comedic storytelling podcast so everything's like researched written and then I narrate it um and yeah like episodes like the feud of Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and stuff like that so it's all all that good, good nostalgic stuff it's so good it's so well produced it reminds me of like the VH1 documentaries that used to air in like the mid-2000s just turned into a podcast which is perfect for me that is a huge compliment because those were my bread and butter back in the day. So. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why that's why it resonates with me because that's yeah, me too. <laughs> so I wanted to have you on um, because you are an expert in early mid two thousand celebrity culture and reality show, and so I'm especially excited for the show that we're talking about this week. It feels um, especially relevant to have you on. Of course, we're talking about the hills. Yes, The Hills. So The Hills the hills is like a huge blind spot for me because I never watched it. I was kind of like against it a little bit. Um, I just, when it was airing, I did not really have any sort of interest in this kind of like documentary style type of reality show, if you can even call this like documentary style. Um, but just like portraying people's lives with like out any really plot. So I was not watching The Hills and anything I knew about it came from like cultural osmosis and the media and tabloids and things like that. But um, tell me about your personal background with The Hills. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because when it was originally airing, I wasn't that big of a a Hills head um, during the original time, probably mostly because I was just getting into like the Real Housewives were starting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the MTV reality shows in general are not really my favorite because they're a little too they're a little too produced for me. And the Hills is the Hills is pretty produced, but I started getting into it later when I was moving to Los Angeles. So I sort of binged all the episodes and then when the New Hills was um when we were preparing for the New Hills to come on, I started rewatching some of the earlier seasons. And the first three seasons are a little less produced than the rest. Um, you kind of you kind of get a feeling that they're like scripting it around their lives. Whereas once once Elsie leaves, I feel like they really jump the shark. But the first three seasons, I mean, I think are are worth worth watching. And so that's kind of funny because I ran out of time and I didn't get to finish watching the entire series, which is what I was aiming to do. So I really only made it through the first three seasons. I didn't even make it all the way through the third season, honestly. And then I tried to go and watch some of the like key episodes throughout the series. So like I watched the, um, the episode with Spencer and Heidi's wedding, kind of where they like handed the baton off from Lauren to Kristen and things like that because I wanted yeah. the context but it was yeah it was definitely different than definitely I mean the first season especially is um so much more lifelike I guess in in comparison to what happens by the end yeah I mean and even with the second season you you do get the sense that there is some sort of reality to it because we never um we never see Heidi meet Spencer it's mm-hmm. just like they started production again and all of a sudden she was dating this guy and they just had to like if he has such an unceremonious introduction where it's just Lauren at the very beginning of the episode like here's what happened over the summer uh Heidi met Spencer and I don't like him and it's like <laughs> who's Spencer? and it just happens very quickly so you can tell that like Heidi met a guy and they said, okay, we got to get him into the show. But other than that, yeah, there's a lot of, like today I was Googling, did Lauren ever really graduate from the fashion institute? And that's a hot no. She was never really enrolled apparently. Um, Oh my gosh, the scandal. (laughs) I know, lay scandal. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely, in general, prefer, like, a little bit of a a dirtier reality show, like, Real Housewives, like, in the early seasons, and people have drug problems and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But in hindsight, The Hills is really fun to watch, whether you liked it originally or not, or ever watched it, because it's just, like, it's such a time capsule of the early 2000s. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely watching that. It was such a nostalgic feeling, just kind of being immersed back in that 2006 kind of world. All of the references to Blackberries. Oh my God, the Blackberries. They all wear way too much eyeliner. Mm -hmm. They're flareless pants. (laughs) Yeah, it's It's, it's fun. It's beautiful. Um, So 
this, the show itself is obviously a spinoff of Laguna Beach, and if you don't know the plot of The Hills, it features Lauren Conrad and her new group of friends in L.A. Um, there's Heidi, Audrina, and Whitney are kind of the key friends um, of the show, and it says Lauren pursues a career in the fashion industry, which, um, as you kind of just said, was mm, maybe a little bit uh, set up. Definitely set up. Definitely. Um, I mean, I guess she made it work. She now has a very, very illustrious career as a designer for cold fashion. I guess it was something that she was at least interested in, but you know, they, uh, MTV kind of greased the wheels a little bit. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> um, so the show aired on MTV for six seasons starting in May 2006 and it ended in July of 2010. And then, of course, Lauren left the series halfway through the fifth season and was replaced um, by Kristen Cavallari, which is, I thought, such an interesting choice that they brought her back to, like, be the kind of main character rather than, like, promoting someone who was already on the show. Yeah, and, you know, I, I sort of get where they were coming from, though, because I would say, actually, she's the only one besides, of course, Heidi and Spencer who was like felt like a real reality personality mm -hmm. like Audrina Audrina can't carry a show Lo can't really carry a show I mean Elsie couldn't carry a show <laughs> I but, was there I was about to say uh she was pretty boring so but she was still somehow the glue but I think at least Kristen sort of like brought a little a little spice though I will <laughs> say she's an I've asked her, so, <laughs> so keep um, this. I just had this thought that Lauren kind of reminds me like Carrie Bradshaw is for some reason she's the main character, even though she's like not that good of a person and is actually not that interesting. That's a great point. Yeah. And if Carrie were to leave it, I mean, it wouldn't feel like the same show, but I think a lot of that it is only to do with like, just having, I guess they're both like a grounding force. Like they very much feel, I guess in the sense that The Hills was scripted, Lauren was such a protagonist. Mm -hmm. She was such like the straight man where the people around her were a little bit stranger and bigger characters. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. That's interesting. Thank um, you so much. I'm a... <laughs> I'm a Hills historian. <laughs> you have your PhD in the Hills. I do. It's, my parents are very proud. <laughs> um, so what I also thought was interesting was that the executive producer, Liz Gately, said that she actually didn't want to continue the show after Lauren left, but the network said that it was doing so well, they wanted them to continue producing seasons, which obviously didn't work out so great for them since they only had one more full season before it got canceled. Right. Yeah. I mean, kind of like the simple life after they sort of like lost the initial magic of the first few seasons and they tried to continue on and it didn't work. I mean, that's always just how it goes. That and is true. The show obviously faced controversies. Um, the first and most, uh, the biggest and foremost being that it was hella scripted, of course, um, which we talked about a little bit before this, but. I mean, I saw it described somewhere as an improvised soap opera with a glossy finish. And I feel like if you go into it and you watch it with that mindset, you actually like really appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, I actually 
You know, I really agree with that. And I think it's interesting to have a reality show that has such a cinematic feel to it. And it was definitely, I mean, the real world was like the first reality show ever. But then The Hills was groundbreaking in the sense of bringing like artistic cinematography and like uh, like a soundtrack that like underscores the different scenes and stuff like that. It's if you yeah, if you watch it more as if it's just improvised soap opera, I feel like it you can appreciate it a lot more. And I think that might have been sort of the issue that I had when I was younger and it was first airing was that I knew that it was like, it's not real, it's all fake. And I just like couldn't get past that. But now as I kind of can mature and have a little bit more perspective and just appreciate things for what they are, I actually really enjoyed it. And like you said, it is like, it has a very cinematic quality to it that I thought really made it stand the test of time as compared to a ton of other shows from this era. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it, it's like as bad as like their clothes look and their makeup looks, it still does hold up as far as how nice it looks and how cinematic it looks. So it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't expose itself as being like complete early 2000s trash MTV mm-hmm. show. <laughs> Um, And some of the other controversies that I just wanted to touch on um, was Spencer Pratt himself as kind of being this like manipulative, self-appointed villain who's admitted openly to kind of coming up with storylines behind the scenes and then like acting them out on camera to push the drama and things like that. So, I mean, I just don't know what to make of Spencer. He is really good at his job because every he he got me every time I was watching this I was just like oh and then I was like oh and he's faking it yeah I mean I go so back and forth with him too because I mean he when you think of the fact that like he came into this with a producer's mindset and I I mean I sort of read into it and he told Heidi like you know Lauren's boring you should be the star of this stick with me baby and and like I'll get you there and he did and if you watch the first season I mean the the first season really feels like a prologue to the rest of the hills before Spencer gets there mm-hmm. but but like he's so when you when you watch it he's so awful to Heidi that you sort of forget that he's playing a part. But then when you realize that they like, they're still together and they like have this very strange relationship where they sort of got rid of all of their friends and family and they became these hermits in Santa Barbara. It's kind of like how, I can't really tell where the line blurred between him faking it and him this being who he is yeah I definitely was having a hard time with that as well because I I mean that has to be who he is to some degree in order to act like that and to decide that you want to be portrayed like that on national television and have that be your public character like known to the world so that's like what always gets me is just that who would even be, you have to be a certain type of person to be willing to portray yourself as a certain type of person anyway. 
Exactly. And like, I also noticed too, between the first seasons of the Hills and then the new beginning stuff, how much Heidi's personality changes from before meeting him to after meeting him to 10 years later. And in the first few seasons, she's like this bubbly little brat. And like, she is like, she's a major brat, but she has like a lot of spunk and personality and she's a lot more dynamic than Lauren is. Mm -hmm. And now she feels like such a shell of a person. Yeah, it's really Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I think it's Spencer's fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and that was what was interesting to me as well as um, watching the episode where Lauren and Heidi kind of have their breakup. And she says, you know, I want to forgive you, but I want to forget you. That one of her many iconic lines. Um, oh, yeah. So she even said that, like, you used to be, like, a happy person, but ever since you met him, that's fading away, and sometimes I can see it come out, but then, like, it's gone again, and I just don't want you to lose that. And she was saying that to her in the third season of this show. Yeah, she was already starting to lose her identity, and then, you know, by the time she does all the surgeries and stuff, it's like... I'm, I think Heidi always had low self-esteem and, but she had low self-esteem, but in the first season, she's dating this guy who is awful to her. Oh, I hate it. I mean, (laughs) but he wasn't as manipulative as Spencer. He Mm -hmm. was just like, he was just like a regular brute, mean, sort of like, doesn't know how to communicate has never been in a relationship before a kind of young guy who treated her poorly, but she was able to eventually stand up for herself and be like, I'm done with this. I'm not going back to you. But then Spencer comes along and he just really, I feel like exploited. He found how insecure she was and really exploited it for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think to su- it's definitely to a large degree was her insecurities. But I also think just from the way that she was on the first season, she also seemed to be the type of person that wanted to be famous. Like she wanted to go to the parties. She wanted to like play in the club. She didn't want to have real responsibilities. So I feel like, you know, having Spencer behind the scenes talking to her and telling her like, just, yeah, like you said, to stick with me and you'll become the star. I think that was majorly appealing to her on top of whatever else he was saying to her to exploit her insecurities and make her feel like he was the only one who could like fulfill her. I mean, there's so many, just like watching a few episodes today, there's just so many obvious examples where it's almost like I can't believe MTV allowed people to like act this way on television the way he is just so transparently abusive towards her Mm -hmm. and I just I watching it I just kept thinking like how these douchey straight guys treat these like nice harmless women it's just like my god it's so terrible like every single guy on that show is just completely irredeemable They really are. I was so frustrated watching, um, I mean, just even the first season where it's what, like, Jason and Jordan are the ones that they're dating. 
And I was so angry because, yeah, Jordan was like just this normal, immature, doesn't know how to have a like communicative, trusting, open relationship. And so I was just so frustrated with him. I was like, I know that Spencer's bad or whatever because I had just had my preconceived notion from living in the world. But I was like, but if he treats Heidi better than this asshole, I can get behind him. And so for the first couple of episodes, I was like, oh, okay, I think he's all right. And then like it was sh- like a sharp left turn into nope, he's he's manipulating and gaslighting her. Yeah, he's he really is a much more dangerous type of guy because he he has like the really um, specific tactics of an abuser that like, you know, he's just like, he traps her and he, I mean, and to this day, he really did it. Uh, Yeah. It's wild that they're still together. Yeah. And at first, at first when I realized, oh, wow, they're still together. They did it after all these years. At first I was like, well, you know, maybe they do have a real, a real love. Mm-hmm. But then I, when they sort of came out of hiding, I thought they, they had kind of like decided, you know, we're going to stay out of the spotlight. Like we don't want this anymore. We have a real relationship. But then they came back out and it's like, no, there's some sort of like agoraphobic people for a time. Like with, it seems like really serious mental problems and they're just very codependent on each other I can see that yeah I really I need to watch I haven't seen any of new beginnings um but I definitely want to watch the episodes that are uh have been released after you know we're done with this podcast basically tonight um so that I can kind of see how it compares to what we're going to be talking about and things like that oh yeah it's pretty I mean there's one scene in the first episode of new beginnings where Heidi just starts crying about how she's so afraid to leave the house and she sort of blames it on not wanting to leave her son but it feels more just like she's afraid to reintegrate like because they spent 10 years only with each other Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it seems like she was really just like not prepared to be back in the world again. I'm so interested to see um, that for myself. I really want to see like how she just like even how she compares to the first couple of seasons that I watched and knowing how she gets a little bit later on in the series. I'm really excited to uh, go back and watch New Beginnings and kind of see the spidey of it all. Yeah, I mean, it's arguably the most or only interesting part of that cast of people. I believe that. Everyone <laughs> normal. Everyone else is just so normal, except for uh, Brody. He's, that's a, he's got a, he's got something going on there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so another fun fact that I just wanted to give um, that I found while I was doing my research on this. So the cast were apparently not allowed to wear the same outfit twice while they were filming the show, but they were not given any sort of wardrobe budget from um, the producers. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I thought that was really that's- interesting. I mean, I guess back in 2006, it was the wild west of reality TV where there's like no one, no unions watching out for them or 
or anything like that. So I'm sure they just were like, whatever, we'll just tell these kids to get their own wardrobe and mm-hmm. they're rich, they're Funa, they can afford it. I mean, yeah, that's, that's all very true. <laughs> Obviously from, you see the places where they're living and not working other than just like, I guess, doing the show. But I guess. Or like uh, when uh, Lauren buys Jason, like a set of golf clubs, like a full set of golf clubs for his birthday. And I'm like, you don't have a job. <laughs> so that's definitely your parents' credit card. It's like, you're not buying that with your Teen Vogue internship money. Yeah, you're not buying that with college credits, honey. So. <laughs> and then she goes on to buy um, Jin, like, a fucking diamond bracelet. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God. And then she screws her over with um, Brody the next that, day. or that. that whole situation is so ridiculous. It really is. I mean, but I will say, I do think um, Lauren's kind of a monster. Uh, but, yes. Um, <laughs> We can we can get into that later because I have some pretty prime examples from the episode. Okay. We'll be talking. All right, let's dive into it then. Um, so we're going to be talking about season two, episode nine, New Year, New Friends. Um, so you gave the suggestion for us to do something from season two because that's like the introduction of Spencer. And then after we, uh, I watched the whole season, I thought that this one would be really good because it has some really juicy um, – Heidi Spencer Lauren kind of drama and also it features Lo who was my favorite from Laguna Beach. Yes. I love Lo. I really um I really identify with her at least during that time in my life like she's just this like she's cute but she's always in like a silly little outfit and she's just like the silly little girl like next to all of them but she has a sense of humor and but um like the outfit she wears for the new year's eve at um area i'm just like no girl please oh i know this is not flattering for your figure i thought she was pregnant (laughs) it was just such a bad dress and the rest of them are all so tiny and wearing these little tiny outfits and she's like hey guys like I'm wearing a fan. <laughs> Lo is so cute. There's just something endearing about her, even when she's like being a jerk. Yeah, she. It's like she's hard to. She's hard to hate. She's very likable. Mm-hmm. All right. So getting into the episode. Uh, so we got a previously on. Um, so we hear that Heidi has lit. Heidi has let Lauren down one too many times. So she's getting closer with Audrina. And now New Year's is coming. And I just want to think about my own life. I just couldn't wait for Heidi anymore. She tells us. So very dramatic. Um, oh. so it opens with Lauren and Audrina. They're shopping and kind of just discussing their New Year's plans. Um, and so Lauren says that some of her friends from Laguna are coming, including Lo. So that's very exciting for me to hear. It's kind of interesting because um, it feels like this scene is a little bit foreboding, like in retrospect, knowing what happens when her and Lo and Audrina all move in together and how that situation kind of like boils over. This was um, the parts of the series that I didn't really get to watch extensively, but I did look at kind of pick and choose and watch a few episodes. So I did watch the one that where they had Audrina's birthday party and then her and Lo like got into that fight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I guess it is sort of 
ominous an ominous scene for the rest mm-hmm. of the their relationships together yeah I um I mean and obviously this was before they were ever ever living together so it's not like the editors did this purposefully but I always think that's interesting when it kind of just naturally becomes foreshadowing yeah it it really worked out for it really worked out for the producer (laughs) um and so then Audrina asks if Lo is anything like Jen and like Lauren just gives her a look because she still hates Jen right now I mean Jen, Jen Bunny sucks, and Lauren should have, she just seems like she sucks, like, from the jump. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And she, uh, Jen wasn't friends with, uh, Lo. That's, that's what I thought was interesting, because, yeah, Lauren goes on to say, like, Jen was one of the reasons that, uh, her and Lo didn't talk for two years. And so I tried to, like, research this to see if anyone had ever done an interview explaining what this comment meant, but I wasn't able to find anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they don't ever really get into it, it's, I don't think. Mm-hmm. It's just, she's the reason, and that's it. But now, but now that she's not friends with Jen Bunny, suddenly Lowe's back in the picture, which is, Example number one of Lauren's manipulation. Mm-hmm. I believe I it. think she, she really plays people against each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they're, like, talking about all the guys they're going to kiss at midnight, which I remember before having a boyfriend was a real hot topic. <laughs> Who are going it's at midnight um and then yeah they're talking about what Heidi's plans are for the night and how he's going uh, she's gonna spend the night with Spencer um but uh they're gonna all go out to the club together so Lauren is I guess making an effort to spend time with Heidi um somewhat so that's that's established that, like that's their plans um so we cut to the next scene it's Lauren and Adrena at Whitney's softball game I love Whitney. She's probably my favorite character out of this, uh, of the seasons that I was able to watch. She was definitely my favorite character, even though she's not all that more interesting than Lauren either. There's just something about her that I find kind of like low. She's just very endearing. I completely agree because I also, I watched the city when it was airing. Like I just, there was something about her that hooked me a lot faster than Lauren mm-hmm. and I just mean she's just like a, a hard working like legit person like Lauren was always complaining about having to do any sort of work and Whitney was always on top of it and I love that she was on a softball team which I mean she probably wasn't really on a softball team I can't picture her on a softball team but I mean I love the idea of it. I believe that she was because she was actually the only person who was doing any sort of real work. Like she apparently really did interview for her internship at Teen Vogue. And they were like, well, just so you know, if you do get this, like there, you have to be okay with MTV cameras being here. And she was like, oh, I'll think about it. And then she came back and she's like, yeah, okay, I'm okay with it. Oh, God. I love Whitney. She's She's the feminist icon of our time. Okay, she really is, because the next line that she says is she's saying how she kissed three guys last New Year's, and it was the sluttiest moment of her life. 
And I was I, just like, I, you go, girl. I loved that. I mean, bring back the city. Who needs the hills? <laughs> we want Whitney. We want Whitney. Um, so, yeah, they're just talking about, yeah, kissing the guys. And Lauren says that she's going to grab some guy next to her and just kiss her. That's what she did two years ago. Um, and they sort of just dance around the fact that one year previously was her horrible, horrible New Year's Eve with Jason. Oh, yeah, that was bad. That was a disaster. That was probably the angriest I got watching the show because I just could not stand watching him treat her like shit and then immediately begin gaslighting her in the next sentence. I, when I was watching that episode and just the whole season, I am not joking, seriously considered cyberbullying Jason. <laughs> I was like, someone needs to tell him that he's, that he sucks. But then um, I like just some ticking and he's, um, he's in recovery in AA and stuff. And I was like, well, I guess he was just drunk. He was the best person. <laughs> he got rid of the chin strap. So, and his hair is better. So hopefully he's on the, on the right path. I think I described him to my friend angrily after watching that episode as a low rent Colin Farrell. Oh, wow. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that is, that is really astute, actually. <laughs> That's good. All right. So the next scene, uh, Heidi and Spencer are shopping for, I guess, Heidi's New Year's Eve dress. And she asks him if he's ever shopped for a New Year's Eve dress before. And then he says, I do have two sisters. So yes, sweetheart. In the most condescending fucking tone I've ever heard in my entire life. The way he talks to her so condescending. Everything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> this is just going to be a lot of us shitting on Spencer the entire rest of the episode, basically. It's just like a really, I mean, I guess every episode is a really bad episode for Spencer, but this one is just like, he really, I just really feel bad for Heidi in this episode she really takes a back seat to like how everyone is treating her mm -hmm. yeah and she's just in the middle trying to keep everyone happy and just doing her fucking best she's just doing her best okay so spencer and heidi talk new year's plans uh they are going to dinner alone and then she says that we'll all go to area together spencer of course asks who we all is and she tells her that's going to be lauren and her friends and then he gets pissed because he has to be an immature asshole anytime Lauren's name is ever brought up. <laughs> yep. And so, yeah, Heidi says that she's excited to spend New Year's Eve with her and that 2006 was really hard on their friendship. And they just really, you know, she wants to spend her New Year's Eve with her two favorite people. Which is a really great opportunity if this was like, A, the real world or B, like dealing with people with any sort of sense it would be a really great time to sort of bury the hatchet and just like be cordial to one another so Heidi can enjoy herself mm -hmm. but Lauren and Spencer both decide instead to double down yeah I mean Apple. they're both selfish people but Spencer's like selfish in a way that he really wants to like he's willing to hurt others and, like, he's aware of it. And I feel like Lauren is just kind of unaware of what her selfishness does to others. Oh, that's a really good point. I, I agree with that. I think she 
was I understand like her initial hatred of Spencer. I feel like we've all been there where we've hated someone that a best friend or close friend is dating and you know you say something bad about them and then they stay with them and now you're you're kind of looking like the jerk Mm -hmm. but instead of just sort of she really takes it out on Heidi in a way that she wanted to possess Heidi and she wanted Heidi all to herself I mean she really did and she should have just she ended up driving Heidi away and farther into Spencer's arms because she was so selfish and wanted everything the way that she wanted it and on her terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really not willing to make concessions for anyone. No, she is not. Um, so Spencer's upset that they're going to spend time with Lauren, but then he kind of moves on from that because he drops a bomb. He says that he wants to move out and get a house and move in with Princess Heidi, as he calls her. Oh, I hated that. I really hated that. (laughs) Yeah, so Heidi, I I feel so bad for her because she's, like, like, her initial, like, response is just hesitation because she knows that she's in a bad spot with Lauren and she knows that moving out will, like, strain things. Right, but I also feel like she she probably doesn't even really want to move in with Spencer, but it feels like Heidi, uh, Lauren has sort of made the home less welcoming for her to come home to because, you know, she isn't there a lot, but then when she is there, Lauren's like, Oh, look what the cat dragged in. Like mm-hmm. look who decided to come home. So she doesn't really have the freedom to comfortably you know she goes to one house and one person's mad she goes to the other house the other person's mad and the only way for her to get some sort of respite from it all is to move out of Lauren's house and essentially like end the friendship Mm -hmm. yeah which is sad but it's just I feel so bad for her because she really is in kind of she's between a rock and a hard place for this whole situation um and then I I hate, again, what Spencer says here, because she, she says the thing about, like, oh, well, I made a commitment to live with Lauren, and he said something that's like, well, I'm not going to say that this hurts our relationship, but it certainly doesn't help it. It's just, like, you know, it drives me nuts, because, yes, he knows Lauren doesn't like her, but he gets Heidi 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I don't even, and same goes with Lauren, like, I guess Lauren at least, you know, saw how terrible he was to her and saw her cry and stuff, so she has more of a reason to hate him, but just Spencer knowing that Lauren doesn't like him sends him into this absolute tizzy where he doesn't even want, where, where her even just living with this woman hurts their relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is horribly toxic and abusive. Very abusive. Um, so, yeah, and then he spends spend some more time just trying to, like, sow the seeds of doubt in Heidi's mind regarding her friendship with Lauren, like the manipulative asshole that he uh, is. Yeah. 
Um, so then the next scene is Lauren, Heidi, and Audrina are in a salon together. It looks like um, just Lauren and Audrina are getting their hair done, and Heidi's just kind of hanging out with them, discussing the plans for the night. Um, Lauren says that she picked up, like, a random guy who's only going to be in town for a few days, and she's going to go out with him. So that's kind of fun. I love that for her. <laughs> I know, right? It's very out of character for her, and it's probably, like, the best person that she goes on a date with in the entire series. Yeah. Should have married him. <laughs> he did have a speedboat. That's true. <laughs> um, so then we get this, like, exquisitely edited series of shots that are just showing how the seeds that Spencer planted are sprouting. So... First, um, Lauren just calls over to Audrina. She's like, oh, you look so pretty. And Audrina just kind of smiles from across the way. And then Heidi asks Lauren what her New Year's resolution is going to be. And then she says that she and Audrina are going to be taking kickboxing classes. So we get some side-eye from Heidi, a little just like shot of side-eye. And then Audrina and Lauren, Lauren start talking about their dinner plans. They're going to have pizza and champagne. Obviously, Heidi's not included because she's going out to dinner with Spencer. And so then finally, the stylist starts to ask them how they're going to um, have their hair done. And they say that they both want to have their hair down. And so right as Lauren's saying, like, oh, my God, twins, Heidi's like, all right, I'm out. And just, like, makes her fucking exit. You know, and I feel like that really was, like, I do think that was calculated on Lauren's part. Mm -hmm. I think what another thing that Spencer and Lauren have in common is, I think they both used Audrina to sort of get a reaction out of Heidi. I mean, there's just no reason for her to not be like, oh, yeah, we're going to take kickboxing classes. You should join us. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a simple thing to do. Like, even if you don't mean it, it's just like a courtesy that you would say to someone that you're trying to keep a friendship going with like you don't say oh well my replacement friend and I are doing this and just like let that hang in the air I mean it also could have been the editing and stuff uh but I think they definitely I think it was calculated to sort of show Heidi that you know she found a replacement for her I I think that's a little bit strong. I think that's giving Lauren a little bit too much credit. I think that it was purposeful. But I feel like it wasn't so much like I'm showing you that I have a replacement friend is more of just like I'm hurt by you and I'm going to hurt you right now. And I feel like it was less conscious that she was like specifically trying to hurt her, but it was more just like a hurt person acting out. Yeah, I, I agree. It, she just easily could have, um, she just like, you know, once in her head, Heidi chooses Spencer, she doesn't extend herself in any way to try and make it better. She mm -hmm. really just, she really just puts the onus on Heidi to, to bridge the gap. Which she tries yeah. to do, but she's being constantly she like handicapped by Spencer. She, yeah, she does. She does try to do it, and you know, both Lauren and Spencer refuse to meet Heidi in the middle mm -hmm. and just compromise a little bit. They're both yeah. abusive partners. They are. I mean, poor Heidi is just like in a toxic relationship with every single person who's in her life, basically. 
That is so true. Except your mom. Her mom seems nice. Oh, yeah. Her mom is cool. Her poor mother must be like, what has happened (laughs) to my child? She's just out in Colorado, just like living the life. Oh, poor Heidi should have stayed in Crested Butte, Colorado and just like lived a nice life snowboarding somewhere. Mm hmm. All right, so Spencer and Heidi are out at dinner. Um, he also calls her a princess again in this moment, and at this point, it's starting to get a little, like, BDSM-y, <laughs> like, a little bit, you know. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's, I, I, I could see that for them. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, not have sex at all. I'm not quite, I can't quite tell if there's any, like, real sexual chemistry between those people. They could just be the type that just participate in BDSM and then, like, don't have sex. Okay. I like, I like imagining that for them. That's, like, a really fun story for them. <laughs> so, like, like their child just sprouted up out of their cabbage patch outside? Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm going with. I mean, who's to say anything otherwise? <laughs> who's to say? Not me. So, uh, Spencer, semi- mostly seriously tries to convince her to just go home after dinner and skip the club. But of course she reminds him of the plans. And then of course he has to be an asshole about it and say something like, Oh, I forgot you had another boyfriend named Lauren Conrad. Ugh. Just like, it's so over the top. She barely spends time with her. Like just make the smallest effort with your girlfriend's friends. And just, like, go to the club. You're going to a club. You know, plenty of people are going to be there. Theoretically, you don't even have to look in Lauren's direction. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's other people he could talk to, but he just would rather everyone just stays home on New Year's. Very strange. Yeah, in what world does Spencer have no interest in going out to a club? Exactly. He's such a club rat. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I just want to stay home. Not even like, oh, well, I have friends going to this club. Let's go there instead. It's just like, no, I want to stay home. Very strange. And then he also asks um, if she's given any more thought to his offer. So of moving in with him, which I mean, obviously there was editing, but the way that this is portrayed makes it seem like he asked her to move in with him like that morning. And then like by that evening, he's like, well, what do you think? (laughs) It does feel that way. It's like, gee. And he's like, hey, it's been long enough. It's been, (laughs) it's been three hours. What's the deal? And so Heidi has a very reasonable response, which is that she does want to move in within the next couple of years, which, yeah, they've only been together for, I think, what, like less than a year at this point. I think that that's reasonable. And they're 20 at this point. I know. It's so easy to forget how young they are. Well, it's easy to forget because they are somehow at like every restaurant in LA ordering drinks. (laughs) There is not one consideration for the fact that they're all underage. The fact that they even show their 21st birthdays is like admitting to underage drinking. Yeah, I mean, it is such a strange thing if you think about it. Like, it's one thing for them to be drinking at home underage, but the fact that I I feel like 
you probably couldn't do this today, but to take underage people to a club, to a restaurant and be like, oh yeah, we're going to film you serving underage people. Like that's such a huge liability. Mm-hmm. It's wild. That, that's so right. I feel like there's no way. There's no way that could happen. Like, how did that even happen? I don't know. I mean, maybe the only thing I can think of is that maybe they were like, listen, we're just going to show them drinking, but, you know, put a club soda in there instead of uh, instead of vodka. But I don't think so. I think it was just like, you know, it was before the L.A. crackdown of underage drinking. It kind of happened like around 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay Lohan had her DUI after like leaving the Roosevelt and she was underage and getting into a car accident. And then the whole city sort of got a little more serious about it. So well, I don't know. Thanks for ruining it for everyone, Lindsay. I know. She's always ruining it for everyone. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't know. It's just, I mean, God forbid one of them got into a car accident after filming because they were, like, half in the bag on lychee martinis. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, Ledu would be liable for it, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, here's the raw footage of them underage drinking <laughs> at your club. Yeah. It's very- MTV is really lucky that nothing horrible came of that. <laughs> They really are. They were just very brazen about it. <laughs> 2006 was a different time. It was a different time. It was a, it was a better time. <laughs> Anyone could um, So, yeah, Spencer is asking Heidi what she's going to decide, and poor Heidi is just trying to, like, make everyone happy. Spencer has the audacity to say, well, it's not like I'm sitting here demanding anything from you. But literally, he does not, okay, it kills me because, like, for, I don't know how many episodes after this, five after this, I don't even know, he's just constantly saying to her in every scene, like, well, have you made up your mind yet? And even though she's told him, like, I don't want to do this yet, that's her making up her mind. Exactly, and he just completely disregards it and just decides to wear her down instead. I mean, again textbook abuser you know Spencer was like had some really shady consent moments in high school and college and (laughs) as a young lad oh can you imagine I mean he went to school with Mary Kate Olsen um and I remember her saying like that he he was the number one a-hole so yeah I'm sure I'm sure there are some there's some gray areas there that he, uh, that some women could talk about from his college year or high school years. Yeah, he is actually surprisingly lucky he was not a victim of the Me Too era. Yeah, I mean, not that I can even say all, victim. None, none of these men are victims. No. Um, but I feel like maybe even Heidi sort of saved him from that. I feel like if he had had more time out on the town, out on the prowl, like some things would have gone down if they hadn't already. 
I think, yeah, for sure. If him and Heidi hadn't stayed together, I think. I, yeah. I don't even know what it could have been. Definitely a string of women, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Heidi, but imagine all the women she saved from, from like, his terrible attitude and moral compass. Oh, my God. Poor sweet Heidi just rescued so many women. I mean, she's really a saint. Uh, we should name a holiday after her. Saint she Heidi. So much. <laughs> she, she's, she is another, <laughs> she's another feminist icon, her and Whitney. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I've got like Whitney on my left shoulder and Heidi on my right. Yes, exactly. Ugh. Okay, so we are at the girls' apartment. We finally see Lo and two other random friends that are, like, don't have a single line in this episode. Oh, I know. Yeah, they're just, like, who even are they? They're nobodies. They get, like, a single Chiron, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Lauren toasts to spending New Year's with the people who are most important to us, which is a little bit shady since Heidi was not there at the moment. Very shady, another shady boots moment. <laughs> and so Lo even asks where Heidi is. So um, Lauren tells her that she's out to dinner with Spencer, and Lo is just like being really cute. And she's like, Oh, I love Heidi. She's so sweet. But I heard that Spencer's an asshole. <laughs> uh, yes. And they're like, um, I don't know. Decide for yourself. Which, on, like, one hand, I kind of give them a little tiny bit of credit for being, like, not, like, dogpiling on him, like, initially and just being like, oh, you'll see. But also, it was, like, very obvious from their, like, tone of voice and body language. They were like, "Mm, yeah, you're right. You'll see for yourself in just a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But they did show some restraint. (laughs) Um, so they go out to the club, they naturally get to the front of this massive line, just magically, <laughs> the magic of TV. Of um, <laughs> uh, Spencer and Heidi arrive there, well, actually they're in the car, Spencer is still trying to convince Heidi not to go to the club, and she tells him to not make this hard, which he's only been doing that for the entirety of the episode, but whatever. Yeah, it's the only thing he knows how to do is to make things hard. Uh, back inside the club, this is like probably my favorite moment of the episode when um, Lauren's random date, which I don't even know if we ever get his name, just says like, well, so I have a speedboat. <laughs> I mean, that's all he needs to say. I know. That's, and then <laughs> again, free. he goes on to try and like humble brag too and be like, yeah, I mean, like I'm such a big guy. Like, you know, it's so hard for me to get out of the water when I'm like done skiing or whatever. And she's like, oh, are you just trying to say that you're tall? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so cute that he felt the need to humble brag that he's tall when it's like, yeah, I can see that. Is there anything you're good at? Anything else going for you besides being tall in a speedboat? I mean, speedboat, tall, aware of how tall he is. Like, what else do you need? That's marriage material. I mean, I... I'm done. I'm wrap me up. I'm ready to go. Where's the this ring, guy? baby? <laughs> yeah, where is the ring? Um, so after he's done bragging, um, we see another just like a tiny little scene that I love of Lo being the original Instagram influencer and taking a picture on a digital camera holding out like a bunch of balloons. Like every other girl on Instagram has that picture now. 
oh yeah that's so true I didn't even think of that that's mm-hmm. great and Lauren's like also on the other side of the balloon bundle but she doesn't look cute and I feel like Lo will probably just like crop her out later <laughs> she should <laughs> uh, Spencer and Heidi arrive um and so they walk up to the table and Lauren pretty much just ignores Heidi and like doesn't really acknowledge the fact that she showed up yeah so so the rest of the run of this um, this scene, you know, her not acknowledging her and then what happens outside, it's just like, you know, she, she gets on her ass about making an effort and then she makes this effort and she, she can't even be cordial to her. It's just like, ugh, it's so gross. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really frustrating to watch her be such a bad friend. Yeah, it's like she's trying and, you know, I think it's a great lesson for women out there. Like, you know, you might get mad at your friend because they picked the wrong guy and maybe they sort of stopped spending as much time with you and stuff because of this guy. But if you are a good friend, you should still make yourself available and be kind and be nice because if they do need someone to reach out to to potentially get themselves out of this bad relationship, like you're suddenly not an option anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, who do they have to reach out to? Like maybe if Lauren had been a little more available to her and a little kinder to her, you know, she wouldn't have felt the need to move in with Spencer and then, you know, ruin her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anytime Spencer was like acting like an asshole, if Lauren had still just been like open and willing to listen without judging too much, she might've been able to comfort her and give her some perspective and like encourage her to like make the decision to break away from him on her own without just being like, no, he's awful. I hate him. And then of course that just like shuts things down and drives Heidi away so yeah exactly so frustrating Lauren Lauren is not a feminist (laughs) absolutely not she is not on my shoulder no Uh uh-uh um so Lo who is knows at least how to be a good friend or pretend to be one goes up and starts talking to Heidi and like having a conversation with her in the club and so I guess since Heidi just is, like, desperate for human contact that isn't Spencer, she immediately tells Lo that Spencer asked uh, her to move in with him. Yes. Yes. But, uh, I mean, when she tells her this, she does seem pretty excited. Maybe, like, a little bit nervous. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. But, like, she did seem happy. Like, she was excitedly yeah. telling Lo. Yeah, that is true. She does seem... Uh, she seems happy about it. I don't know if it's because she really is happy about it or if she knows that this will get back to Lauren. So, you know, she has to make it sound good. Uh, but I don't know. I can't really tell. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. Their conversation gets cut off because everyone starts, like, clamoring that it's almost midnight. And then they say that they have three minutes, which is plenty of time. I noticed the exact thing. I was like, oh, it's almost midnight. And they're like, three minutes. I'm like, that is, <laughs> that is well, not almost midnight. 
they needed time to light their giant bunch of sparklers inside the club. Oh my god. What a beautiful fire hazard. They all get trampled inside of a burned down area. I mean, at that point, who the fuck cares about the underage drinking? Exactly. <laughs> so yes, they all have a bunch of sparklers, which seem like it doesn't, it shouldn't be allowed, but whatever. It, they count down. It's the new year. It's 2007. Happy 2007, everyone. Oh, happy 2007. <laughs> Um, Lauren and her rando kiss. It's immortalized on digital camera. I wonder if she still has that picture. Oh my God. I wish I had all of my old digital camera pictures from being at club. <laughs> I have no idea what even happened to the last digital camera I owned. Oh yeah. I have no idea, but I do love, I loved back in the day when you had to like wear your digital camera on a wristlet and like carry it around and like inevitably drop it into a toilet somewhere. Great. God, we were all such peasants before iPhones. Such peasants. Uh. <laughs> and they're like these $200 cameras and you're like, oh my God, they're so expensive. Like, please be careful with it. <laughs> Don't drop my digital camera. Put the strap on. Put the strap on. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, so they, yeah, they kiss. Audrina also kisses Lauren, so I guess that's Audrina's um, New Year's kiss. And then suddenly I'm, I'm ready for a lesbian romance between those two. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm all in for that, actually. Sounds Just great. Leave these toxic men and date one another, ladies. Exactly. All the women are, like, equally as harmless and normal. And then the guys are just all nightmares. You know, just cut out the middleman and stick to each other. So after we get the countdown, we just see the whole group leaving the club. And so this is what you were talking about. And I think I might have a slightly different perspective, although I don't doubt that, like, Lauren was kind of ignoring Heidi. To me, it seemed like Spencer and Heidi were part of the larger group as they all walked out of the club and then they stopped walking and the group continued walking. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean that, I think that's definitely possible. And then through the magic of editing, they were like, Oh, well let's really make this look like she snubbed them mm -hmm. because it is sort of just like, they're suddenly by themselves and, you know, they have this shot of Lauren just footloose and fancy free chatting the night away. Like she couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like you could be actually right about it because it doesn't seem like Heidi is offended until Spencer really starts teasing her and getting joy out of the fact that, his girlfriend's best friend possibly snubbed her. Oh, he gets so much joy out of the fact. And he, yeah, he like just harps on about it. Just like, oh, they just walked away without saying goodbye. I, I didn't hear a goodbye, Heidi. Did you hear goodbye, Heidi? Th those are your best friends? They, don't, they didn't say goodbye. Like it was so, and then what, I mean, that was bad enough. But then what he goes on to say where he's just like, oh, who am I? And just like walks past her. He's like, I'm Lauren, not saying goodbye. I mean, it's so strange how it's, 
it's not even like him just saying, you know, the the right thing for him to do would would be to like if she acknowledged it, to be like, Oh, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. That wasn't nice of them. I could see him maybe being like, wow, they didn't even bother to say goodbye. That sucks. But instead, he's really, like, making fun of Heidi Mm -hmm. in such a strange way that it's just the, the unabashed joy he gets out of just harping on her about this. It's Oh, God, I mean, Spencer can never hear this podcast because this has just been a a lethal bashing against him. <laughs> I just hate. Sorry, Spencer. He probably is the type that like Google's his name and listens to anything that like he's involved in whatsoever. So he might be listening to this. Hey, Spencer. Hey, Spencer. Let me know if you want a guest on the podcast, Spencer. I know you have one too. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then just like his, he has this perma grin. Whenever he's stirring the pot or being an asshole, he just has this smarmy fucking grin on his face. Ugh, it's so smarmy. Ugh. He's such a fucking used car salesman sleaze. He really is. And, you know, it's not something that just the viewers get from him. Like, when they first start dating in the beginning, there are so many little asides that girls make about him that are like, wait, Spencer? Like, ugh. Like, that guy? Like, everyone has, in real life, the same interpretation of him, is that he's a smarmy used car salesman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Heidi even says as much. She's like, yeah, every person I've said that, like, I'm dating you is I'm like, ugh, watch out. Like, don't you think that maybe that's a sign? I love that. Just how many women in life will hear that about a man and be like, I don't know, that's weird, but I'm going to date him anyway. I wonder why people say that. I guess I'll find out. Oh, poor Heidi. Poor Heidi. So the next day or whenever, Three weeks later, who fucking knows? It's the magic of editing. Um, but they're at Bolt House offices, which is where Heidi supposedly works, but actually just sits around and doesn't do anything. Um, her and her coworker, Elodie, are kind of talking about what happened at New Year's. And so Heidi goes on to say that she was disappointed because she felt like she made an effort to be with Lauren, Lauren but felt like Lauren was hanging out with Adrena all night. Which I want to say, on one hand, is completely valid. That is what happened. You know, we think Lauren ignored her. But on the other hand, wasn't Audrina's Heidi's friend first? So, like, just go hang out with both of your friends. Right. They were, yeah, they were all friends. Um, it, there, Yeah, there was really no reason to feel like, oh, well, she's hanging out with Audrina. I don't, I don't know her. Like, no, they were all friends. See, I just thought that was like, kind of weird. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, Heidi does her own work of sort of manipulating the conversation when she's talking to Elodie and, like, making it sound a certain way mm-hmm. I feel like Elodie sees through it every single time, though, and she just doesn't say anything because it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, that is definitely 
so yeah so she then also says that Spencer asked her to move in and then Elodie just like is not thrilled she's just like oh cool cool (laughs) and so Heidi's like yeah Spencer's just told me that like and she says every day I love you more and more and then we literally see Elodie like eye rolling and she says I love that Heidi's like who he said I didn't know what love was before I met you and then Elodie's just like oh really Uh, yeah, I, Elodie is like a, a dark horse MVP of the series. She, I mean, she was so like, just so, so much subtle humor in all of her scenes. Yeah, she was really like, I think, an audience surrogate, at mm-hmm. least uh, mm-hmm. for storylines where it was just like, she was exactly what you were thinking. Yeah, watching. definitely. And that kind of, like, it gives some grounding to the series. Like, it, I feel like without her, we would just be like, who are these people? Like, what the fuck do they think they're doing? So at least, like, having that, like, surrogate and seeing through someone else's perspective of, like, oh, yeah, like, they are acting a little bit nuts is, I don't know, I feel like it, it helps the series in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so yeah, Elodie is just trying to like be the voice of reason being like, Oh, are you, are you sure you're ready? You're really young. Like, have you talked to Lauren yet? That nothing really comes of that. Um, so then Lauren and Whitney are out getting coffee. Lauren talks about her rando boy and that she never mentions again ever. Nope. So that's it. Farewell to rando and his speedboat. I swear they just like found him in line that area and they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. hey kid uh say you're from uh where he's from Colorado and like you have a speedboat just like we we need someone to stand in for the day and I'm sh- yeah I bet he was I'm sure he was like cast I bet he was cast I, I'll bet anything he was cast because Lauren wasn't dating anyone at the time and I feel like because she was you know our Carrie Bradshaw she had to have a date. Mm-hmm. She had to have a kiss. Like, she couldn't be some loser who, like, rolled up to New Year's Eve alone. They had to, like, give her a date. Yeah. So, whatever. He gets his farewell in the form of two sentences from Lauren here. Um, and then she starts talking about, like, how Lo and her other friends who don't get any sort of acknowledgement whatsoever came down. And then finally, Whitney is just like, all right, get on with it, bitch, and brings up Heidi so that the plot can move along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, they ha- they're like, I gotta keep this going. I mean, I, I truly, truly do love Whitney, but her entire role in the series is just to be like Lauren's sounding board and like exposition machine and moving the plot forward. Yeah, she really, I mean, that is why it's so clearly, I mean, it is going back to Lauren sort of being this grounding protagonist. Um, it's like Whitney is really a classic character trope of just the protagonist sounding board to make sure that like they have someone to talk to and explain the exposition because she really doesn't, I mean, she doesn't do anything. She hardly ever even hangs out with them mm-hmm. it's just like when they need a little bit of extra like filler like an extra person 
in the background of the scene. Yeah. Like, you know what? Whitney, go out with them this time. Whitney, Whitney, are you available? Okay, yeah. You're just going to – can we catch you for two minutes at your softball game? Oh, thank you so much. On the flip side, she's probably, like, not going out with them most of the time because she's like, I actually have to wake up tomorrow and go to my job that makes me actual money. <laughs> Yeah, my job, and I have real friends, and she was, they probably shot at that softball game. She was like, listen, I made a commitment, and I'm the center fielder, and I can't just not show up, so you can come to me. I'm, that is canon in my mind now. You tell them, Whitney. <laughs> You tell them, you feminist icon. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, so, like, when she um had that episode where her sister got to be brought in to be a model for Teen Vogue or whatever, oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, Whitney is, like, a real person with her own family and a life outside of, like, this TV show. It was just, like, yeah. so jarring to think about, like, because that was the only time we ever got to see any part of her real life that wasn't directly associated with, like, Lauren. Yeah, that's true. That was the only peek into her as, like, a fully formed character until we see her on The City, the best TV show ever. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch The City now since I love Whitney so much. Yeah, it was great. It was, like, it felt like, I mean, The Hills was so much more about Hollywood, and The City felt very, like, fashion industry, very sex in the city, like, I, I enjoyed it. Okay, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. So, yeah, but so Whitney brings up Heidi, um, and then Lauren goes into the story of how, you know, they met up with them in area, but she says that, she's like, yeah, but I only got to see Heidi for, like, two minutes. So they have different perspectives on what happened that night. Um, do you feel like Lauren's being truthful here, that she, like, genuinely thinks, like, oh, yeah, I only got to see her, like, we didn't really get a chance to talk, or do you feel like she's just saying that and she knows that she was ignoring her? I think she knows that she was ignoring her just in the way that she, just judging by the way that she interacts with Heidi, once they, once they get past the point where, okay, Spencer is in her life and he's not going anywhere. She is so cold with Heidi in every interaction that I could just see her, you know, at the club, just being like, oh, hey, what's up? And just, you know, it's loud. She can easily avoid her, easily talk to other people, um, you know, and then just be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. We only saw each other for, like, a couple minutes. When, meanwhile, she's probably there for, like, 45 minutes and sitting in the corner staring at her, waiting for Lauren to talk to her. Mm-hmm. But I also have the lowest possible opinion of Lauren. So I cannot trust it on that perspective. I kind of, I mean, I I like it. I love that you hate Lauren. (laughs) Thank you so much. So yeah, Lauren just kind of tries to portray herself as the every man who did her best to see her friend at the club, but didn't. Yeah. So then we get a scene of Spencer and Heidi out to dinner again. This, I've said this like three times, but this is my favorite moment in the episode when the editors make very sure to leave the waiter dropping off Heidi's virgin lemon drop to the table. Oh, 
Oh my God. Yes. They finally, uh, the lemon drop. It did make me want a lemon drop though. Very early 2000s drink. How do you make a virgin lemon drop? Isn't that, is that just lemonade? Like, is that just lemon water? Like lemon juice? There, there is literally no way to make a virgin lemon drop. It's like, it's like lemon vodka and like lemon juice and sugar. So it would just be lemonade in a martini glass. (laughs) If it makes me feel fancy, go with it. Heidi seems like the type to drink lemonade in a martini glass and call it a virgin lemon drop. I feel like since she was seven years old, her parents would probably be like, oh, do you want a virgin lemon drop? Like, instead of Shirley Temple, she was sucking on lemonade in a in a martini glass. I absolutely believe that. So she gets her virgin lemon drop, and then we get this gross, I love you, I love you more exchange between her and Spencer, which is gross just always in general, but is especially gross in this instance because Spencer's argument as to why he loves her more is because he deals with all of her crazy friends and all of her crazy uh-huh. drama. And then he says, yeah, Heidi's the one with all the baggage. Oh, my God. I mean, it it's just another text book abusive thing where the subtext of what he was saying is basically like you are so unlovable and you are lucky that I put up with you mm-hmm. and not to Ugh. mention like all your crazy drama oh you mean the drama that you purposefully exacerbate if not outright cause exactly but making gaslighting her into thinking that this is what she brought into his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, and then she tries to, like, defend herself a little bit. Like, this is why she never does after this fucking season is because he beats her down every single time. So she tries to say, like, well, it's not baggage. I have a lot of people in my life that I care about. And he starts talking over her and does the little, like, sad violin thing. And then has the oh fucking my- white male audacity to say, I think it's really rude that you've chosen Lauren over me. Meanwhile, she moved to Los Angeles to be Lauren's roommate. I mean, they have the longer relationship. If anything, she's choosing Spencer over Lauren. Mm-hmm. And because I, she will move in with you after, what, like eight months of being together? Exactly. Oh, my God. If that. Yeah. I mean, they like, I feel like. They, they make such, uh, they make it so hard for you to deduce what the timeline is. Like the only thing you can ever figure out is like from season to season is, oh, it's New Year's Eve, but it's like, what else is happening? And it's also Los Angeles. So the weather's always the same. There's no snow on the ground. Everyone's always in a tank top and it's just like suddenly New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. So they could have been for like four months or eight months, who could? But either way, not long enough for a 20-year-old to move in with her boyfriend. Or to for, for the boyfriend to be upset the 20-year-old wants to take some more time. Exactly. Ugh. Unbelievable. I am worked up. <laughs> so Heidi, like 
she's like trying to stick up for herself in this conversation. She's like to his response. Uh, she says, well, I think it's really rude that you're making me choose. And so I respect her there, but um, <sighs> he's right. Yeah. Like then he just goes on to say, he's like, well, you're choosing to live with people that abandon you outside of clubs. Just like going back to that fucking point. Uh, oh. I mean, and meanwhile, oh, you're choosing uh, people who abandoned you outside a club. What about uh, like all the things that he's done to Heidi in a very short span of time? Right. Like, those deal breakers. I mean, a miscommunicate, a potential miscommunication of not saying goodbye to each other in front of a club is like a lot less egregious than what he's already done to Heidi. That has been proven. But that's yeah, has been on film. On film, we know that he's done it and he meant to do it. But like this one little thing is like, well, how could you choose this monster over me? Well, I guess he starts getting to her because then Heidi starts going on about how Lauren needs to let go a little bit. And she's like, well, I never complained about Jason. And then when she moved in with uh, him for the summer last year, I never said anything. And I was like, well, maybe you should have, girl, because he was toxic too. Yeah, like you could have stepped in a little bit. Like just because you let your friend go off with her toxic boyfriend didn't say anything doesn't mean that like it's a bad thing that she wants. I mean, yes, obviously Lauren's going about it in the wrong way, but it's fine that he does. she doesn't like your horrible, toxic boyfriend. Well, and it's also kind of, I don't even know if she realizes what she was saying in that moment, but it's also sort of an admission that she is dating someone as shitty as Jason. Ooh, like, yeah. I, I don't think she realized that that's what she was saying, but I think that is like subconsciously what she meant. Like Ooh. you let I, you date your shitty boyfriend, just let me date my shitty boyfriend. Yeah. And then she like tries to change the subject and says, you know, ask him like, oh, where are you going to get a house from or whatever? And then Spencer is like, oh, you don't worry about that. Just worry about breaking up with Lauren. Ugh. So you won't have any say in where I hope we live together. Well, you I mean, mean, as we see in the next season, he really doesn't give her any sort of say in what they do to the place where they live together. Nope. Oh, God. Okay. Uh. So, we, ended, uh, we end the episode with Lauren and Lo going out for dinner at Cafe Sushi, and we get a really cute scene of Lo basically snorting a piece of ginger and, like, getting ginger in her sinuses. I loved that scene because I feel like there's so few moments of that feel like um, like something like real life and awkward is happening, mm-hmm. uh, and they just totally just like let that scene play out of her just choking on. <laughs> it was so, and it's because of the low. It's so cute, and I love the way that she says um, her little line. She's like. I didn't realize that Ginger was that potent. (laughs) Yes. I clocked that uh, potent as well. Mm -hmm. It was so cute. She's a little, she's a little doll. Um, So Lauren asked her if she had a good New Year's and then she gets straight to the gossip. (laughs) Um, So she was like, oh yeah, well I heard that Jen was going to try and go to Aria on New Year's as well. 
Um, and Lauren's like, yeah, I heard she bought a ticket and everything, but she didn't show up. And so Lauren says something like, oh, she's probably like, oh, I have no more friendships to destroy, which I don't really understand what she was trying to get at by that. Like she didn't go to area because there are no more people there for her to upset because she's already upset everyone. Yeah, that didn't make much sense to me either. I couldn't parse out what what the meaning of that was. Like, it was just Lauren being a bitch, but, like, there was there was nothing to it. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like is often her MO. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lo says uh, it's disappointing that that friendship had to end the way it did, which I read that as her being very subtle and like diplomatic and saying like, I can kind of see the blame on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of surprised at her diplomacy in that moment. Mm -hmm. She didn't Uh, just go like, yeah, what a bitch through her. Yeah. But then Lauren like doesn't get what she's saying at all. And she's like, yeah, well, I'd rather have a few, a few real friends than a bunch of fake friends. Which, meanwhile, you know, real friends can um, make mistakes. Oh, no. And Not if you're Lauren Conrad's real friend. You will never make a mistake. You can never make a mistake. You have, it's all on her terms. And if you ever make a mistake, you're not real friends. <laughs> <sighs> so, and then Lo drops the bomb and she says, so who's moving into your apartment when Heidi moves out with Spencer? So Lauren is shook, of course. Of course. I feel like this had to be one of the times when production, like, actually kept something secret and it's a genuine reaction. Because I know that happened in a few of the episodes, like the um, wedding, Lauren had no idea that Kristen was going to show up. And so her reaction to seeing her, like, is actually, like, the reaction she had on her face. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, maybe it was they kept from her I Um, mean there's no reason really for her to know about it unless um like Heidi told her off camera but the producers would never really need to tell her yeah and so I think that this really was actually the first time she was hearing that well I'm sure it burned (laughs) how So, yeah, Lauren's upset, and um, then they just kind of sit there awkwardly, and then um, Lo goes, okay, awkward, and and they leave the restaurant. (sighs) Walk away to some sad instrumental music. Yeah, I love the snappy just, like, end to the scene, like, oh, well, uh, the information is out. Awkward. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. And that's it. That's the end of this episode. It's amazing how quick these episodes go. I mean, they're like, they're so quick. See, I actually, I was thinking that it's kind of the opposite because I had been watching, before this, I'd been watching Newlyweds and the Ashley Simpson show. And those are all 20 minute episodes too. But those just feel like such quick, throw away like nothing really happens as opposed to like in an episode of the hills it's like a whole fucking movie plot packed into one episode 
Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, with the uh, the other two you mentioned, like, I feel like it's 